Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This week on The Happy Half Hour. To run the risk of being a little sappy at the holidays, this team is pretty likable. When you start a season the way this one started, it's kind of hard to get people back. But I think people just talking to neighbors, talking to people, you know, you see at the grocery store. I mean, there is an energy about these guys. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. That's right. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends, Darren, Augusta, and Kristen. And Darren and Augusta, I have to say, I I know it is Thursday morning as we record this, but we've all been very busy this week. So I feel like it's only right to go back and have a little Seattle celebration. We The three of us haven't had a chance to do that, to talk about just what a game that was. I think, I think the Panthers fans listening will be okay with that, right, guys? Absolutely. Yeah, I think people should be okay with that because yeah. it's been a long time since we've had one quite like that around here. Mm-hmm. And it's been, you know, Augusta and I have been laughing about it all season, about this year contains multitudes and all the weird stuff we've seen. Sunday was the good football stuff. Yes. That was, you know, you needed to get a big win in a crucial situation on the road against a playoff team. And then they went and did all the things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it was all the stuff Steve Wilkes has been talking about, all that he's been trying to get them to do made manifest. They made defensive plays at big moments. They ran the ball with personality. Um, they basically dominated a good team by just beating them about the head and shoulders on both sides of the ball. It was it was something to behold. And, you know, there were moments in that thing where it's like you still aren't quite sure it's going to go that way. Mm-hmm. And then they just embark on another seven-minute, 70-yard <laughs> touchdown drive, and it's like, dang, these guys are actually good. Started out quick, too. Yeah. Everyone was talking so much about the atmosphere, but it was so funny. Every time, you know, scored a touchdown, get a field goal, that JC interception, it'd go very quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. So it was very quick, too. Very when you, quick. When you go up 17 to nothing, that certainly has a way of neutralizing the crowd. Yeah. Uh, but to Darren's point, I want to go back. I know exactly what drive you're talking about, Darren, is when they get down to the goal line, Mm -hmm. you get four tries at it, come away with no points. Seattle's creeping in. I don't remember the exact score at that time, but it's it's close. And you go, all right, so now they need to stop and they need to drive down the field. And gosh darn it, they do it. They did. And they did it without Deontay Foreman on the field because I think – You know, Wilk said after the game he was fine, he was well. It wasn't a physical thing. I think they just wanted to change up the rhythm of the run game a little bit. But he did go into the game with a 
a little bit of a foot. I don't know if they thought he had X number of carries in him or whatever. But then all of a sudden, it's just Chuba and Raheem Blackshear. And you go straight down the field with those two guys. And it's um, it, it was something to see, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, on on that drive, you know, doing the radio broadcast, I, I thought it was, it was one of my favorite kind of like broadcasting moments, right? Because we're watching that drive and there's no Deontay Foreman in there. So I, I tell our executive producer, David Langton, I said, I'm going to go check and make sure that he's okay, right? And he's standing there, you know, right beside Jeff Nixon, running backs mm-hmm. coach, ready to go in helmet on. You're like, okay, you know he's fine. He like tries to sneak out on the field a couple times. Jeff Nixon pulls him back. He's like, no, 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 we're going to go with Chuba or Raheem. Um, and uh, at the same time, Anish, our play-by-play broadcaster, is like, hey, is everything okay with De- Deontay Foreman? Because we're all wondering the same thing. I do the report. And then Jordan Gross, our incredible analyst, of course, Panthers legend, is like, no, they, just the matchup that they're getting, the 11 personnel, like they, it makes more sense to go with these other guys there. And uh, it was just a neat series to to watch that play out because I do think if you're watching or, or listening at home, you're like, well, now where is Deontay Foreman? Is he okay? Right. Um, but gosh, what a what a good problem to have, you know? You can't get your your hundred uh, yard rushing guy, you know, in the game because it's it's we got two other guys who are on fire and we like the matchup. Right. And as much as and Chuba had a great game and he is an explosive back and change of pace back and. I credit where credit's due. There were also a couple of, hey, Chuba Hubbard just caught that pass yes. out of the backfield, and that's always not been a strength of his. Uh, and he's getting better at that part of the game. So you start seeing these different ways of running the football, but the dad in me, the old man in me, knows that where that comes from is those five Absolutely. or six or seven <laughs> or Sometimes even eight, eight <laughs> big guys up front. I mean, and the commitment of, hey, we're going to run can't just be about running backs, even though those are the guys with the ball in their hands. This is years of preparation. This was an entire offseason plan of we got to get better up front, so we're going to go sign Austin Corbett and Bradley Bozeman in free agency, and we're going to use our first draft pick not on a quarterback but on a left tackle. That was personality, and and that, to me, as much as anything, was what comes out of that Seattle game is, listen, playing that kind of offensive football is maybe not going to win you a Super Bowl, but with what the Carolina Panthers have on this roster right now, it is the absolute best way to play because this is what you have. You may not have quarterbacks that are going to go to Pro Bowls. You may not have a bunch of wide receivers who are going to put up fantasy stats. You may not have tight ends who are, you know, out down there running seam routes like Travis Kelsey and and making big plays that get on the highlight shows. But what you got is a bunch of big offensive linemen who are perfectly happy to just bludgeon people to death. Absolutely. And what what does that do for I mean, I don't think this offensive line lacks confidence. They've been so consistent this season, but to go into an environment like Seattle where at points you can't look at the person beside you and hear what they're saying and to be able to control the game. I mean, the time of possession was so lopsided. You control the game and you rush for over what 223 yards, I believe, was the exact number. Because then you have to feel like, right, Darren Augusta, for the rest of the season, well, we, we can just run it on anyone. We can, we can control 
the game and and this is the blueprint. You know, I talked to JC after the game and I said, well, as a defense, what does it mean when your offense can do something like that? And he said, yeah, you know, he said, all these offenses out here are trying to get cute and throw the ball around and we're just going to run it down people's throats. But I, I have to imagine that for that line, the test that that game was, you have to come away out of there with tons of confidence. Well, I talked with Bradley Bozeman after the game, and, and it was kind of something that I heard across the offense, but he said it very well. He was like, well, if, I felt like we played like us. You know, I mean, there's a big talk about identity and how when Steve Wilkes came in here, you know, I mean, I remember his first uh, introductory press conference. He was like, we're going to run the ball. We're going to, like, uh, own the lines of scrimmage. That's going to be our thing. Like, start that's up what front. he said. Yeah, yep, that's-, that's what he said. And, and – Bose told me and a lot of them said, you know, it's like, I feel like in this game, we really did show like who we were and we performed it to the to the top of their ability. And that's finding identity is one of those things that I felt like early in the season, at least as someone who was new, I was like, what are they trying to do? What's going on here? And I think, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, nothing's really working. I don't understand. I kind of do, but not really. And um, the past few weeks, I mean, they figured it out. I mean, you know what I mean? Is that is that too harsh? That's no, honest. I, mean, I think it, it's honest. It's very honest. It's, I like it's it. what happened. I mean, there was talk in the past about wanting to run the ball. And when Christian McCaffrey's here, you want to run an offense through Christian McCaffrey. But I, I went back and looked. I mean, even with Christian, you know, through five weeks, I think they were 20-something, 27th in the league in rush yards a game. Uh, and that was with Christian McCaffrey. Now, even when you – let those numbers drag the average down. Now they're 13th in the league in rushing. That's statement of intent kind of stuff. That is, here's how we, – we're not just going to say we're going to run. We're going to run repeatedly. Is that the biggest thing? Because I know there's a variety of factors, right, that go into yeah. that, whether it's, you know, you don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore, so you got to figure things out. The, the emergence of Deontay Foreman, progression of young guys like Icky and Brady Christensen mm-hmm. – um, but is it is the biggest factor in the success there just that they are committed to the run and and not just saying that they're committed? Like, what do you attribute this incredible uptick? I, I think to? that's a lot of it. I think and and Steve said something the other day when somebody asked him about Sam Darnold, and there were a couple plays during that first and goal from the three where they didn't get any points. There were a couple plays in that segment where Sam could have run and. Yes. Yep would have scored, and there was another play that he tried to go downfield to Sullivan. It didn't connect, yep. and Sam said yesterday, you know, if if we hit that, it's an explosive play. Everybody's patting me on the back, but Steve said something the other day. He said, I think quarterbacks are conditioned to want to do things by passing, mm. a- and I think when the Carolina Panthers were looking for quarterbacks, whether it was Teddy, whether it was Sam last year, whether it was Baker the first part of this year, it's like, all right, we went and found quarterback. Now we got to make quarterback work. Mm. Rather than, I made the analogy the other day, this offense is like one of those cooking shows where you get the mystery basket and it's like, what am I going to do with <laughs> this stuff? Well, what you do is make soup. What you do is take this odd lot of ingredients and I don't think I'm going to be a top five passing game. So don't do that. You know, take this stuff you have and make the most of it. And right now, making the most of this means running the ball, not just not just for yards, but often. And, and that tempo and that cadence of here it comes, just boom, boom, boom. It, it's not a formula, I don't think, to win a Super Bowl. But when you can put a seven-minute field goal drive on the field, 
that's effective. Mm -hmm. That's a cumulative thing that in the fourth quarter, and you saw it on the Bradley Bozeman, you know, mic'd up segment, (laughs) you wear people out eventually by doing that kind of stuff. And so if that's what you've got, you know, coaching can be simple sometimes. The things you're good at, do more of those. The things you struggle with, why are you trying? And it's been the formula for success for the Panthers yep. lately. Uh, speaking of a seven-minute field goal drive, how about our guy Eddie Pinheiro? Yeah. That's what I was NFC hoping NFC Special <laughs> Teams Player of the Week. I, I was talking to Steve Wilkes yesterday about just the progression and what he's seen from him since missing that that field goal in Atlanta, since, since missing those two big kicks in Atlanta. Um, and he said, man, just the confidence that he has now and I attribute it to that team rallying around him and then also you remember the day after the Atlanta game uh, Steve Wilkes came out and said we're not looking for other kickers and boy it's paid off for them uh what have you guys seen from Eddie well that's just it I mean I was talking to him yesterday about it and he's he's you know I I will say one thing about Eddie and I want to say it about Johnny and JJ too those three are so fun to just watch interact I mean and especially you know you see him in good and in bad, and I think he was supported from the jump. But I mean, they're just the most fun. If you're just hanging out at practice and you know, you just look around, and they're the you specialists know, are always having a good. They're time. They're the best, yes. and they've really embraced him. And um, you know, Steve was asked about it again yesterday. You know, like, oh, did you ever think about wavering from Eddie? And it's like, no. And and it, and it's it's great to see. You know, the streak he's on. He was so excited about it. it wasn't his first time getting the uh, NFC uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. He uh, he told me he was like, oh, I got it back in Chicago. He's like, but it was 2019. 18, three years too long and I was like you're mm-hmm. right Eddie he's he's just he's a, he's a great presence to have in the locker room he's he's really uh, a fun guy and um happy to see him have success and I mean practice kicks everything he he's 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 sharp he's he's sharpening up at the right time I mean mistakes happen and it was the worst possible kind of mistakes and that moment but he's really come back and they they haven't wavered from him at all and that's it, really exciting to and see. I think with Eddie the thing that it keeps coming back to me is he is effectively, or at least on Labor Day weekend, he was effectively no better than the 33rd best kicker in the NFL because yeah, exactly. everybody already had one. Yep. And it took Zane Gonzalez getting hurt for them to go looking and find Eddie at a time when everybody else already had either one or two kickers on a roster. So they were looking around scrambling trying to find somebody, and that's a situation where you don't expect – guys to come in and be consistent and what Eddie Pinheiro is right now is the second most accurate field goal kicker in the NFL among the regulars I mean he's not just doing good for a guy you picked up off the street he's playing really well he is that's again NFC special teams player of the week and I I do think it's um need for you know you don't you don't talk about your kicker all the time it's one of those things right it's like your offensive lineman a lot of times you're only talking about them if something bad happens but I think it's great for Panthers fans to remember because it felt like when Zane Gonzalez really became consistent it was like oh okay our our uh, kicker troubles are over certainly Panthers fans remember the couple of years prior to that the revolving door uh, the, the Joey Sly of it all, all of that stuff, right? We have and fond then, memories of the Ryan Santoso era. Yes, great mustache. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Zane gets hurt, and I, I think if you're a Panthers fan, you go, oh my gosh, what is this going to What is this gonna be? And, um, and then for, for Eddie to, like you said, be consistent and very good, um, except for that really Atlanta game, I just think it's it's pretty great, as you said, Darren, considering where he started at the beginning of the year, which was, you know, not on a team. Um, so it's been it's been fun to watch. I'm I'm really happy 
for him, and it's been neat to see what he's been able to do. And I will tell you what, that, of course, Atlanta plays in a dome, but since then, not only has he been good, we've had weather almost yeah. every Ooh. game since then, and I'm very aware of that, as I will let anybody know, <laughs> you know, being on the sideline. We've had weather in almost every game. Um the Baltimore, Seattle, we had a tropical storm here on Thursday Night Football, all games that have come up. And those conditions, I mean, we're talking about it every single game. What are the conditions like for Eddie Pinheiro, for Johnny Hecker? And boy, I mean, it's it's like it doesn't even matter. Yeah, Add tropical storm. I'd forgotten that one yeah. for our bingo card of all the things we've yeah. seen this year. The, yes, mean, there was a hurricane that one week. Uh, that too. Well, and it and Augusta was ta- telling me this in a in a press box. I mean, you've got the theory about Eddie and weather. I mean, sometimes when you I do, I do. Well, I asked him about it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's better in bad weather. Like I asked him about I, it. I think the I think yeah. the the stats would hold up to that so far this season. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I asked him. You know, and he's he he'll always be like, oh yeah, the weather. He loves to talk about the weather in Chicago and how bad it was mm-hmm. and how. But but like I I would be like, okay, especially that tropical storm game in Atlanta, the comeback. You know and Eddie, Eddie game here, you know, against Falcons, same thing. But that weather was absolutely awful. I mean, he was like, the wind was going all sorts of different directions, and then he's, like, super accurate. It, it, it's so fun. I'll tell you what, the the game in Baltimore, Justin Tucker, the <laughs> best kicker of all time, said that uh, the game in Baltimore was the worst he had ever seen it in Baltimore. And he was very upset pregame about what, uh, you know, about the conditions and all of that. And he and Eddie kicked the exact same field goal. Now, there are a lot of other things that went wrong for the Panthers in that game, but Eddie was not one of them. So hats yeah. off hats off to him. You know, really, really happy for him. And uh, speaking of being happy for a guy, I want to get you guys' take on, on Sam Darnold the last couple of games. Darren, I know you want to talk about his beard. we got to <laughs> yeah. get that in there, too. I mean, Derek Brown said it the other day. Uh, bearded face Sam is a lot more chill than plain face Sam. I think was. I Derek's think he's chill phrase. all the time. He's always he chill, but I yeah. think this beard. And again, I kept thinking back to Santa Claus is coming to town. The old great Rankin Bass Christmas special, you know, with it, with Chris Kringle <laughs> and that solid red beard, no mustache. Um, that I, I think that's Sam's role model, and I showed it to him yesterday. And he was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good," but. <laughs> He's kind of laughed. I mean, at this point in the season, anytime athletes get on any kind of streak, they get a little stitious, as Sam says, Mm -hmm. and things aren't going to change. So I would be very surprised if Sam shaves between now and the end of this season. We'll get to Um, see just how good his beard growth is because he's had the beard since, I believe, training camp. So we'll see if over the next four weeks – is he is his beard growth a lot? Like, is it going to be hanging off yeah. the face here? Do we, here? Get do we big keep Ryan it trimmed? Fitzpatrick, you know, <laughs> yeah. Where do we thing? go the next four weeks? I, I'm excited. to I see. I will never forget Christian McCaffrey saying he's got big leprechaun energy. <laughs> oh my god! And and Sam was like, I'm taking this from an actual leprechaun. Oh, Somebody who's that, you know. But uh, it, and they were laughing about that. But yeah, Sam is. Here's the thing: not a lot is being asked of Sam right now. And he is fulfilling the requirements. And the first requirement is don't give it to the other team. Yep. And so even in Denver the other week, when the ball comes out of his hands at the goal line, you get the holy roller part two. I mean, Sam falls on it and does the fire drill, stop, drop, and roll. He's in the <laughs> end zone. By the way, zone. scores it a works. touchdown, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and he hasn't thrown any interceptions. I mean, there's been a couple spots where the decisions you're like, eh, might have done that one differently, or then, but he, he hasn't. 
had that big, oh my God, catastrophic turnover, you know, run like he had at times last year. And as long as he can do that, they've created the condition around him where they can succeed that way. And how how much for a quarterback? I know it's only been two games, but this is the best offensive line he's ever played behind. Mm-hmm. So what does that do for a yeah. quarterback's confidence? I asked him about that yesterday, and he's like, you know, yeah. I mean, I always like when you ask Sam something. It's like he thinks about it for a second, and you get that, yeah. <laughs> um, but he he knows that he's got those guys in front of him in a way – you know, last year, 14 lines in 17 games. In his 11 starts, there were eight different combinations of guys and people coming in and out and people starting who, you know, were claimed off waivers or signed off the street. So, it, um, yeah, it was not great last year and is much better now. And the way they're protecting, I mean, this has become, in addition to the running stuff, the way they've pass protected. I mean, they gave up 17 sacks in the first five five games. I think they've given up 11 in the eight cents. Mm-hmm. So everything up front is getting better. And those guys, you know, we talked about it with Icky when he was drafted. You knew he was a great run blocker. You knew he was physical. You knew he was aggressive. As time has gone by, we haven't had one of those weeks in a while where you say, oh, Icky learned it. He learned something today. He got an education from pass rusher X today. We haven't had one of those in a minute. I was just thinking about that. Like I said about with your kicker, your offensive line – there's so much going on with this team, as you said, the the roller coaster, Darren, and all the things that have happened. It's really Icky's progression has almost gone under the radar a little bit because there are so many other things to talk about. A lot of them good right now, but it's really been. I mean, he's he is. I don't want to. You know, I'm sure if I said this <laughs> to Scott Fitter, he'd go, "Oh, hold on a second. But you say <laughs> overall, he's what you want him to be as your your first overall uh, pick. Your at left tackle, right? I mean, this progression is is where you would hope it would be as a Panthers fan for the most part. Yeah, and and I remember talking to Jordan about him early in the year, and he said, "Listen, it's going to take him a minute. It's going to take him some time." But I think another important part of that is, you know, when Jordan was a rookie, when Jordan was a young player, he had a Travell Wharton to stand next to mm-hmm. him. And those two kind of locked in together for a long time, and that was a pretty good pairing. Now it's not just Icky. It's Icky and Brady Christensen right there in those same two spots, and it's going to continue to get better because those two guys could conceivably play together for the next three, four years. It was it was funny. You guys will appreciate this. We were The game was over in Seattle. And they, you know, hand you like a, a bag dinner, right? Um, as you walk out to the buses, and um, I hear someone behind me as I'm grabbing mine go, "We did it!" And I look, and it's Icky, and he goes, "We did it!" <laughs> After the game, <laughs> that is so sweet. I was like, "Well, Icky, we didn't do it. You did it. Yeah. I didn't." And he was like, "No, no, no, you did." I was like, "Well, I'll take all the credit. That's fine." But oh. just uh, thanks, Kristen. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, we did it. You know, it was just. <laughs> It was, uh, frankly, adorable, yeah. Yeah, if I may say so. God, that it, is so icky, too. And again, to to run the risk of being a little sappy at the holidays, this team is pretty likable right now. I mean, that I get the sense that people out in the community are sort of – it's been so – when you start a season the way this one started, it's kind of hard to get people back on the boat. But 
I think people just talking to neighbors, talking to people, you know, you see at the grocery store. I mean, there is an energy about these guys because I think people do respond to that physical style. People do respond to guys like Burns and J.C. Horn, those homegrown guys who they are yours. And I I would hope you would respond to the fact that they could still win the division. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it is. Despite the record, it is meaningful football in December. And it's been a minute since we've had that here in Mayberry. <laughs> it, it sure is. I, I want to just, uh, for the fans, I'm sure they're wondering, DJ Moore, there were some questions okay. about um, how he was after the game. This is, we're recording this Thursday morning, so we've only seen one day of practice. But but Darren, he's a, he was a full participant yeah. in practice yesterday. and. I think that's there a was, good, that's a great everybody sign. was expecting calamity, I think, when he pops up on the reports early in the week and he's getting MRIs and stuff like that. Usually when that happens, the news is at least a little worrying. But DJ was out there running around yesterday like he was all right. So we'll see what the injury report, which you can read on Panthers.com, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, will say later today. But I think DJ's all right, which is good news. Yeah. Well, And Augusta, as we turn our attention to this Pittsburgh team – uh, we don't know who the quarterback is gonna be, um, but but what are what are you hearing about what the guys are saying in terms of like the chances for this game? You know, we heard Steve Wilkes. If you watched his great victory locker room speech, he said, "Look, I give you victory Monday, give you the day off. You got to come back. We don't lose at home, and they don't under Steve Wilkes." So what is this matchup looking like, and what are they going to have to do? Exactly, exactly. I think that's the biggest message that we've heard from from when we were still in Seattle, which is kind of fun, to when we got back now, is uh, we protect the bank, which I think is something I've seen on Twitter a lot of fans are kind of latching on to, I think. I think they really like that message from what I've gathered. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those one game at a time, don't let – if I try to – I was talking, talking with JC yesterday about this, and if you try to talk too far ahead with a lot of these guys, they, they won't let – you you know they won't they won't respond to your questions they'll be like well 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 one day at a time I tried so hard to get JC to talk to me about it and he he was like ah well, we're taking it you know day by day you know Pittsburgh right now but but there's there's that there's a very big I think decent chance that Panthers win this game Tampa Bay loses to Cincinnati then what you know what I'm saying like yeah. think about it that way because because the Bengals are on their their end of the season streak I follow the Bengals I'm just saying yeah, it's one of those great. things. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's one of those things you look at it and you're like, uh, and there's like a lot of national attention. It's fun to, you know, they're getting a lot of questions right now about getting more national attention. And Steve Wilkes is like, we don't pay attention to it. You try to ask him about it. We don't pay attention to it. But but there's an energy. There's definitely an energy. I mean, I, I think I think it's one of those things. They they know what's in front of them and they're they're choosing to leave it off in the horizon versus letting it come. Because at, at them. the end of the day, if I'm not mistaken, right, you you went out. All you got to do is just win all your games, right? And that's and that's it. So what a that's, great place to be yeah. where you don't have to pay attention. You can block everything out because, like we said, meaningful football in December, right. you have the opportunity to to do what, what everyone who in this league uh, wants to do, which is you have the opportunity to, to get your team there. Right, and we've mentioned win out before. And that's, you know, if you win out, it's easy. If you win out, you've got a 9-8 and eight record and – Yes, you are the division champions. It might not even take winning out. I think three and one can still do it. The key, the big key is going to be that game at Tampa, Tampa. on New Year's Day. I mean, and that's the one you really got to have to make any of these scenarios work. But it's possible that three and one can still 
get you to the playoffs as long as the one ain't that game in Tampa because what you what you want is the tiebreaker. They've got the win over Tampa here and on division record. I even love I, – I saw last night and I tweeted it out. Roger Sherman from The Ringer has the ultimate chaos scenario in which the entire division is tied at 6-11 and 11 <laughs> at the end of the year. And in that case, the Carolina Panthers would still go through as the – division champion based on tiebreakers because it included, you know, the Panthers winning that Bucks game. Yeah. I, well, I, I hope not. I hope that's not the way <laughs> it happens. Yeah. But good One to is know, so way, considering but... the way the NFC South has gone. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, this game specifically against uh, Pittsburgh, Darren, what are you – what are you thinking? You were talking about – I'm trying to get you to say what yeah. you were saying before we started rolling here, yeah. which well, was you feel – Pretty good about it. Here's the, here's the thing. I think when people think about Pittsburgh, they think about Terry Bradshaw and Mel Blunt and Donnie Shell and, and Mean Joe Green, or they think about Ben Roethlisberger or Troy Polamalu. Troy Polamalu. This is not a classic Steelers team. The Steelers are not playing great football right now, and I think the, the jerseys look familiar and the legacy is there, and they've still got that Mike Tomlin guy and – and T.J. Watt is back, and, and Minka Fitzpatrick's capable of changing games at any given moment. Okay, Darren, now you're talking us out of it now. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're not great. Yeah. And they've got questions at quarterback. And even before they had questions at quarterback, there were questions about how they were moving the ball. Mm-hmm. Similar to what's been going on here at times this year because the offense has been an issue, and they haven't had that big dominant offensive line as they've had in the past to be able to sustain running games. So they've been a little bit of a mess offensively all season long. So, you know, they are actually the best run defense of the remaining four opponents. But they're still not – But they're like middle of the pack, right? But they're very middle of the pack run defense. And and honestly, Seattle was very bad at Mm -hmm. run defense. That was – they were down the bottom of the league in that category. And now you're back kind of the middle of the pack where they also exist offensively. So – it's uh, it's going to be an interesting case study to see what these guys are all about. I mean, to see because if they, I don't think anybody's going to let the Pittsburgh Steelers sneak up on them because they're the Steelers, and you're conditioned to think a certain way about them. But this is not your father's Pittsburgh Steelers team, which is great for the Panthers. <laughs> all right, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Thank you all for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.